Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational, and always entertaining on Stacy Connects. Hello everyone. Welcome to Stacy Connects. I am Stacy Heller. Let's see where the show goes today. This is like a fun game that I secretly play each week uh, where I'm like, let's see what happens. Um, You know, I don't do a lot of planning. I feel like when I have somebody on the show, they are a subject matter expert about themselves, their passion, uh, their product, their service, whatever it is. And so I like the organic nature. That said, sometimes I'm a little less prepared than others. Today would be one of those days. Uh, So a reminder to people, if you're a new listener, uh, this show is about making connections through conversation. So the good news is the conversation will evolve and I'll figure out where we're going because I'll make connections as we go. Uh, I also believe that asking questions instead of making assumptions is a really important thing for us to continue to grow and evolve no matter how old we are. And I also am a big fan of engaging with the elephant in any room. So whether you listen to the show live here on KKNW, thank you, I appreciate you, or whether you listen to the show later via podcast, thank you, I appreciate you. Um, you know, I... I appreciate my, I think I'm up to 12s of listeners now, maybe 13. 13 is my lucky number. So let's say my 13s of listeners. Uh, you know, you are a mighty group, and I appreciate that about you. Uh, if you really wanted to make my mother happy, because today it is my mother's birthday. That's from Eric. Oh, look at that. Oh, a jazzy version. Oh, yeah. Nice job. Thanks, Eric. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Oh, you know, the glop right now is totally like, I love that version. Tune weavers. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So happy birthday to my mother. Uh, A great present for her would be if you subscribed to the show on your favorite podcast platform, or if you rated it, or if you left a comment talking about how I love when you talk about your mother. She is a hoot. Like, then she would be feeling the love. Um, Reminder, Eric and I have another show that we do. It's on Thursdays, and that one is on Kixie, which is a sister station to this one. And it's uh, from 3 to 4 on Thursdays, and it's 880 Kixie. And no problem. You can also find that wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to call in, please feel free. The number is 425-373-5527. Otherwise, if you want to call or text, maybe you want to leave a voicemail that I can share with my mom for a birthday wish, you can do that at 475-999-2726. Okay. So my guest today. Before you oh, introduce oh. your guest, can I just say happy birthday to yes. your mom? Because uh, she's one of our uh, most frequent callers and listeners to the show. So happy birthday, and uh, I hope you feel better soon. Oh, that's sweet. Like, she is going to be like, 
Uh, she and the glop, Diane and uh, Lee, of course, they are celebrating mom's birthday. I'm, I know with Trey Fatelli, the local restaurant that they order from all the time. And if you don't listen to the show all the time, then uh, a couple of weeks ago, mom fell and she broke her right arm, which is her dominant arm from her elbow up. And, uh, and then her left wrist and hand is quite weak. So she's, I said to Eric on the way into the studio, she's like a little T-Rex. She can't really do anything, <laughs> uh, which really suits uh, her need to be pampered. Uh, but it's one thing, I think it gets old. Like, it's fun to have people do things for you, but then it's like, I just for sure. like. For sure. Everybody un- wants to be independent. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So um, anyway, so my guest today is Christy Keating. And I am so excited to have you on the show. Well, I am super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I, you know, coincidence, I think not that you happen to be on my uh, mother's birthday because my mother is my parent and, you know, my mother myself, uh, she got us T-shirts that said, if it's not one thing, it's your mother. Um, (laughs) And man, is that true? And you are a parenting coach, a parenting uh, font of wisdom. And so we're going to be talking about uh, some of the different things that you do. You have an upcoming summit that we're going to talk about. And so, like I said, coincidence? I think not. Um, you know, like mom's a parent, I'm a parent. Uh, you know, how we were parented impacts how we parent. And yet times change. And so the reactions to those parenting models are kind of an interesting thing. So I'm excited to see where our conversation takes us. Well, I'm excited, too. And I will say, um, although I work in this space, I always make sure to qualify it and say I am an imperfect parent myself. Um, There is no such thing as a perfect parent. So, you know, let's dig in. I I love talking about this stuff. Um, But I always come at this from a place of we're all learning and growing. And you're right that the way we were parented absolutely impacts the way that we parent. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, okay, so I could just like dig right in, but but I need to share with you all because I know you're waiting with bated breath to hear about the conversations and the observations from my past week. So I will tell you, my head's been down a little bit because as uh, people that have listened to the show for a while know, I was sick there for quite a while and it, it really flattened me, um, like mentally, physically, the whole thing. So I have been playing catch up with work. And last week I was like, man, I need to sell this company. (laughs) I need to go public. Now I am like barely, you know, I don't have a ton of clients and whatever, but you know, I like to think big about myself. I am a legend in my own mind. And so I was like, this working full time is for the birds. But I am about 85% caught up with my current clients and I'm working really hard on my follow up with uh, new clients and new projects because uh, I have decided that following up on things and doing it in real time versus procrastinating, that really helps the mental anguish that I cause for myself. Because when I put these things off, man, um, it becomes such a big task in my head and is not that big of a task, but it is like 
it just starts to like get bigger and bigger and bigger like a monster in your closet. And uh, then I just don't even want to open up the closet. And that's not healthy. So um, so I haven't really had that many conversations with people this past week. But as I said, it is mom's birthday. Uh, she had been on the hunt for a new bracelet with her uh, hands and wrists being weak and, you know, all these breaks and whatever. Uh, she is a gold bangle gal. And she has a gold bangle, a thin little one that she wears for each of the grandkids. And then at a time that she feels the moment moves her, she passes on one of that gold bangle to whatever grandchild. So two of them have been passed on. Anyway, uh, I think mom, the thought of uh, not having as much gold on her wrist must give her hives or something. So then she was like, okay, well, these bracelets are really hard to get on and off. Because they're the, if you know the kind of the traditional bangle bracelet where there's the little tiny notch and then you have to press it in and then it opens wider, that's really hard to do when you have T-Rex hands. So we found these gold bead bracelets that are on stretchy material so that she can get them on and off. And so she got a couple, loved them, tried to order another. They were out. But her favorite daughter okay, her only daughter, uh, was able to find one. And so that was her birthday present. And she opened it a day early, which is fine. She needs things that make her happy. And so mom is once again bedecked and bejeweled as she deserves to be because she is like Mrs. T uh, with the gold. Um, I love you, mom, if you couldn't tell. Um and I want to say about her, I uh, I appreciate you. I ran the idea up the flagpole of reading the eulogy that I wrote for you. And I know listeners are like, <gasps> I have said before, the best time to write a eulogy for a loved one is when they're still alive because you're actually celebrating who they are um, and not romanticizing who they were. Um, and so... I spent a lot of time writing this in my head and then finally put it down on uh, paper, air quotes. Um, and the general response was like, no. But I was like, it's so good. Mom's going to be like, oh, my gosh. Let me tell you about my daughter's eulogy. It's amazing. It's the coolest. So, uh, but I got the kibosh on that. Um, so anyway, happy birthday. I wrote your I wrote your eulogy. <laughs> Okay, Eric is like. Really? It's just birthdays already remind of uh, <laughs> remind of mortality. We don't need you know the extra. <laughs> true, true. Here's your eulogy. <laughs> well, my mother's never gonna die. I mean, I have it on uh, on good authority. On good authority yeah. that like she's going to like this whole arm thing. Like, oh no, this is not going to take her down. Like the Dewar's Scotch factory closing, that might take her down. But like she is going to live a very long and healthy life. And so, you know, I I, I'm, I don't think she would have been flustered by it. But anyway, um, the other big thing, though, that did happen this past week, uh, in fact, it happened yesterday, is my daughter Grace took the first part of her CPA exam. And so the CPA exam for 
all of you that don't know, which is probably all of you, is four parts. Each part, you have four hours to take it. It's a combination of uh, multiple choice and uh, what do they call them? Um, um, Simulations. That's what it is. And so the things that she has to think about and the details that she has to have is hideous. So kudos to her and to all the other people out there that are studying for these things and or that do these things because tax law is constantly changing. So she's being tested on the most current tax law for this particular section and the things that she had to know. And based on what she shared about some of the questions, it felt very gotcha to me. So shame on you, organization that puts out the CPA exam. Um, like, really, it's totally like those word problems where, you know, so this train is going like this way and this one's going that way and they're going X, you know, miles per hour. And then there's this third train and they're trying to throw you off with all these red herrings. And uh, frankly, if you're going to be a CPA, you're all about the detail. And so you take all of these things into account and then you're like, that's a red herring. Um, or it's not, and it turns out it's the whole crux of the matter, and they're like, eh, you just cost your client millions of dollars. So anyway, uh, congratulations to her for taking that first test. She finds out the score in a couple of weeks. And uh, honestly, at this point, I'm like, whether you pass or not, you took the first one and you ripped off the Band-Aid. Good for you. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what else to say about that. It just sounded hideous. Um, and then the last thing that I will say, and there's really no place to go with this except that I'm feeling old, uh, because people my age now have kids that are getting married. Well, good news on that. I've taken the liberty of writing your eulogy here <laughs> while you've been talking. So <laughs> during the break. <laughs> No, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you going to share it? It's like, well, actually, my birthday is in March, so I'll tell you what. Yes. You can read my eulogy then. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, my gosh. You're you're quite funny and also the worst. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm at that age, and that is just crazy to me that, uh, you know, I think about how old I was when I got married, and I'm like, you're too young. Like, you're too young, you're too young, you're too young. Not that I would do it any differently, because obviously we all have our own unique story. It's just that when I think about like the age and stage where the kids are, I'm like, you got life to live. So anyway, um, okay, so my Staceyism for this week. So when my kids were preteens and teenagers, we had this thing that we did uh, when they were going out with friends, if they found that they were in a situation that they wanted to get out of, whether... Uh, they weren't having fun or somebody was being mean to them or, you know, maybe somebody was like offering them some alcohol or some drugs and they were like, no, I would never do that. Um, I felt like they needed to have an escape route that didn't make them look like I'm calling my mom and I'm taking my marbles and I'm going home. And so we had this system where they could text the phrase, do I have to, to me. And that meant that, in theory, like, get me out of here. I want to go home. Um, and so then I could call and come up with some story that, you know, 
something happened, you need to come home. Like, I'm going to come and get you, blah, blah, blah. So um, it still works because I was totally eavesdropping on our two daughters. And uh, my older daughter, Annie, was headed out on a uh, a meetup with some guy that she's met. And so I heard Grace say, remember mom's, like, code, you know, like, text me if there's a problem, and here's the phrase that you need to say, and then I know that I need to jump in and, you know, figure this out. And so, um, hey, I still got it. So for all of you that have kids that are of a certain age and, you know, you want them to still look cool, uh, but you want them to have an escape route, you should plan that route for them. Uh, We don't always do that. We think about, like, if there's a fire in the house, how are you going to get out safely? Well, for teenagers, a lot of times social situations are constant fires that are being put out. And so maybe help them with an escape route so that they feel better about uh, getting out safe and intact. Okay. Well, with all that said, uh, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about more parenting with Christy Keating, my guest. We'll be right back. Do you feel like you're stuck in a style rut? If so, take the first step on your journey and go to michaelbruceimageconsulting.com. Fill out their simple personal style assessment and schedule a complimentary, no obligation, 20-minute style consultation. Let the experts help you gain some perspective on your style challenges. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, we are back with Stacy Connects. Uh, before the break, I was talking about my mother. I was talking about parenting. I shared uh, one of apparently the more successful parenting tricks that I had up my sleeve when my kids were younger. Uh, so I'm riding high on that. But I know that when I start talking with Christy, uh, we're going to end up, I'm going to end up getting overwhelmed and freaking out about some things because when you become a parent, uh, you have this goal of nailing it and sticking the landing. And you're going to do all the good stuff that your parents did and you're going to avoid all the pitfalls that you perceive your parents um, did not avoid. And, you know, you're like, I'm going to get this. And then you find out that uh, you are not perfect and that your heart's in the right place, but that does not always mean that your choices are the best. And so here we are. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me a little bit, uh, so as a parenting coach, are you working with primarily the parents who are like, I got this kid and I don't know what to do with it. Uh, Are you working with the kid who's like, I got these parents and I don't know what to do with them. 
Uh, are you working with both? And what is the sweet spot uh, in terms of age of kids that people seem to be reaching out to you about? Great questions. So I think the first thing to to clarify is there's really a difference between a parenting coach and a parent coach. And I'm a parent coach, which means, which goes to answer your question, I work with parents. I don't work with kids. Um, and parents usually come to me because there's some challenge coming up for them related to their kids. Um, but my goal is to help the parents either help themselves and or help the child. It's usually a bit of both. Got it. <laughs> right? we, you know, I talk a lot about the fact that um, one of the most important things that we can do as parents is be self-reflective and self-aware of how we might be contributing to any challenges with our kiddos. So we talk about parenting a lot and I bring a lot of parenting tools to the conversation, but I'm a parent coach. I work with moms, dads, um, you know, either individually or in partnerships. Um, and we dig in from that perspective mm -hmm. because they have a lot of power to change the dynamics in their home. Right. May, one might say all the power yeah, um, in some regard. And so, so I work with parents. I don't work with kids. I'm not like the super nanny on TV <laughs> um, for a number of reasons. Um, I don't go into people's homes and sit there and tell you all the things you're doing wrong. Um, I'm really there to support parents, which leads me to that second question that you asked, which is what is the, the age group? Um, and I'll tell you, Stacey, I've had clients with newborns all the way up through college age. So there really isn't a specific age at which parent coaching can be helpful. I would yep. say it's all the ages and stages because they provide new challenges, new questions for us as parents, um, you know, new I think at, at different ages, we start thinking about our own childhood and the way that we were parented in a different way. Um, and so I, I have clients that run the gamut. Um, and I'm also the parent of a teenager and a young kiddo. I've got a kindergartner okay. um, and a teen. And so I, I have a lot of interest in both of those sure. ages and stages. So it's fun for me to get to talk with parents. Well, across the spectrum. Yeah. Well, and it's good to thank you for clarifying. And I'm sorry uh, that I I didn't about the parent versus parenting. Um, and I know that our mutual friend, uh, Shira Grasser, who is a guest on the show, um, she uh, was on an episode that aired in September, I think. Um, it was called A Soft Place for Hard Conversations. And she really works with the kids. Yeah. Um, and empowering them to be able to advocate for themselves. And, you know, there are not a ton of resources out there for parents, if you think about it. Like, there's all this education. Uh, there's all these books. And that's great. And, you know, sometimes PTAs or organizations like that, churches, community groups, will have speakers that are talking about, you know, things that you should be aware of as a parent. And those always left me like... Oh, great. Now there's something else that I'm not doing or I need to do or whatever. They really didn't 
give me the support that I needed. Um, and the parent thing, uh, you know, that's that's a helpful resource to have. So when you're helping parents, um, do you find that – how far back do you go? Like, do you go back to, like, you know, the parents, like, well, in, in my family of origin, we did this. And in my family of origin, we did this. So do you find that parents are bringing their own childhood experiences forward into their parenting and that – that's creating some of the issues for them? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, yes, and. So I think it's important to recognize I'm a coach. I'm not a therapist. Right. Right. And there there really is a difference. And a lot of people say, well, what is the difference? And, you know, there's certainly overlapping layers between the two. And some therapists take a more coaching approach. And some coaches you know, probably go deeper into the therapy side of things than they ethically should. Right. Um, I, I think there's a balance that we have to strike there. And so when I'm working with parents, you know, my general approach is to be forward looking. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we start with looking at where are we, what's happening right now that's not working, that's providing challenges, that's, you know, keeping us awake at night or whatever it is. Mm-hmm what are the skills that everybody in the family and strengths, you know, that we bring to the table and then where do we want to go? What's the big dream here? And Mm -hmm. the reason for that is, you know, I think we have to know where we are and where we're going and the tools that we already have at our disposal to figure out how to get there. And I often describe it as like a roadmap or creating a roadmap. Yep. And, and then the rest of the work that we do is, is figuring out like, where all the stops are, you know, sort of right. The steps along like, the where's way. a rest stop where, exactly. like, we can, like, okay, we're gonna need, we're gonna need to take a minute here, and we're gonna right. need to, like, you know, refuel here. Exactly. How do we take care of the car at this in this spot, yep. but really keeping that end goal in mind? Um, and so that's how it's different than therapy in the sense that I don't intentionally dig in to the past a a great deal. Now, that being said, it certainly comes up because as we said at the beginning, the way we were parented definitely influences the way that we parent. And so we will sometimes talk about that. Uh, As an acknowledgement, I would imagine. Like, Yeah, as an acknowledgement, as a um, you know, just an awareness of why, where some of the challenges that we're having might be coming from, um, as a way of giving ourselves some grace. Right. You know, many of us were not parented well, and we want to parent differently. Um, even when we were parented well, there's still things, as you said at the beginning, that we want to do differently. Right. Um, and so, what I try to really cue into is. When we reach a point where it's clear that there is trauma, you know, that's coming up, um, then I start asking questions like, would it be appropriate to have a therapist on board? Yep. It doesn't mean coaching isn't helpful. It just yep. means maybe we need to add therapy into that. Well, and that's why I brought this up, because I think, you know, folks need to understand the the difference between these things. And in this particular 
example, I feel like you're taking a yes and approach to uh, their challenges of being a parent, meaning, yes, we're going to acknowledge, you know, whether there's cultural differences or there is generational differences in how you were parented or maybe trauma. And how can I help you best parent for where you are now and where you're going? Whereas I feel like with therapy, there is the focus of yes, but, right? And so, you know, when you say the word but, it's like it dismisses everything that was said before that. And so what happens is I think we as individuals have a tendency to dismiss and we're not fully just acknowledging. And so we need to dig into that so that we can start having more of a uh, yes and than the yes but. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And the funny thing about that is that's actually one of the tools that I teach parents when they're talking to their kids is to to use, you know, we often use empathy, the yes part. Mm-hmm. And then we go, but yes, I understand it's hard, but I need you to go do whatever it is. And I encourage parents to replace that but with an and because it, as you said, it dismisses mm-hmm. what comes before. So there's a, a little bit of a sweet irony there that it's also a tool I teach parents. Well, and that's a huge, I mean, I, I want to say like five years ago, my word of the year was uh, basically learning to replace uh, the word, but where it made sense uh, with the word and, and it has been a game changer for me. There are still some times when, you know, using the word, but is appropriate. However, yep. I would say that uh, at least 90% of the time, it is actually far more appropriate to use the word and to be inclusive, to acknowledge what's been said or done or experienced and to go on from there. So hundred percent. So yes. I just I wanted it to be very clear for people that are listening uh, the difference between that therapy piece and what may have uh, helped get the parents to the place where they need some parenting or parent coaching. Yes. And I want to say, like, obviously therapy has a place. There are amazing therapists out there Mm -hmm. and there are a lot of benefits to therapy. And (laughs) using that word, there are a lot of times when parents think something's gone horribly wrong. You know, our family is not functioning the way we would like it to. Um, My child is having challenges that I'm not enjoying as a parent. And so one of the first places I often hear parents go is my child needs therapy. Mm-hmm. And there are certainly times when a child needs therapy or support. You mentioned Shara Grasser earlier. She's a coach who works with teens. She's mm-hmm. amazing. She does fabulous work. And she and I offer joint packages. There are times when that child, whether they're a teenager or, you know, a five-year-old needs their own support. And... More often than not, it needs to start with the parents. Mm -hmm. Parents need support first or alongside um, to figure out the best way to support that kiddo um, in, you know, in their development, in meeting them where they are, in, you know, developing tools. I'm a, in addition to being a certified parent coach, I'm a positive discipline educator um, and, and, you know, I'm certified through the Gottman Institute 
And so I do a lot of work with how do we touch on those emotions? How do we acknowledge what's going on with children and giving parents tools that were probably in many, I shouldn't say probably, but in most cases of my clients were not given to them when they were kids. Sure. Well, and it's it's such an interesting thing because being a parent, you know, I think about some of these antiquated uh, ideas that we grew up with, uh, sort of stay with me here, folks. This will make sense. Things like how the uh, the United States is a melting pot. Yes. However, if you melt a bunch of stuff in the same pot and you don't mix it up, then it's not the melting pot that you think it is, right? It's really a bunch of things that are still divided. Also, things like love people the way that you want to be loved. No, actually, we should be loving people the way that they want to be loved, not the way that we want to be loved. Uh, and then I also think about the parenting thing and how you really need to parent the individual child. And so when parents talk about how, you know, well, I raised them all the same or, you know, there was the same, you know, standard of, I don't know, discipline or whatever it was. Okay. And it goes to the whole thing about equity, right, versus equality. And, you know, when the kids, uh, would come to me and say, you know, well, this person, you know, you love this person more or you're letting, you know, Grace get this or Will get that. It's like, here's the deal. You don't really want me to love you the way that I love Annie because that wouldn't be appropriate for you and you would be left wanting. And so we're not really taught that. We're not taught that, you know, like, by the way, you really do need to meet them where they are. And the rules for one kid are not necessarily applicable for others. And, you know, we also have kind of a cheaper by the dozen thing. Once you start having like a bunch of kids like we did, it was like, you know, all right, what's good enough for you is good enough for you. And it's just kind of an easier yardstick. Um, I don't know where I was going with any of that, but <laughs> but there I said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's important to know there are some tools out there that, um, you know, and, and tools that I offer my clients that can be really helpful, whether you are parenting, you know, a, what some people call spirited child or a super mellow child, you know, a kiddo who's neurodivergent. Oh, that's me. Um, yeah, you know, a child who was you know, assigned male at birth, assigned female at birth, like whatever, whatever you got, there are some tools that will be really helpful um, in parenting. And we have to acknowledge, yeah, they're all individuals. And I remember one of my very first clients, I actually, when I was going through my coaching certification program, this was about six years ago. Um, and she had two daughters and she was really, they're obviously they're different kids. They're different people. Um, and she was really caught up in that equality piece. As mm -hmm. you said, I want to, you know, I need to make sure I'm doing the same thing. And what she was doing with one child wasn't working with the other child. Um, and so we really had to talk through that. Like we need to meet them where they are at. They're in, you know, unless they're twins, <laughs> they are different ages. Mm -hmm. right? They're in different. And by, then by definition, different de developmental spaces, even those that are really close in age. Um, and they are just different humans. Oh, um, yeah. 
you know, and so it, yeah, there's that recognition that it's, it's okay. And it is in fact good to show up for them in the way that they need us to show up for them. Well, because Um, that might look different. Yeah. And I, I, like my inner child is like, yeah, what she said, because if you meet them who they are, uh, slash where they are, then they're actually being seen and heard. And isn't that ultimately what we all want? You know, um, yes, we all want to be loved. However, the way that you can show love is by seeing and hearing your kids. Um, I'm going to take a break in a minute, but I have a question first. The There's no judgment here. There's purely curiosity. The people that you coach that have newborns, isn't that like doing like marriage counseling before you're married? <laughs> it's a great question. Um, no. And, and here's why. Because part of parenting, if you are parenting with a partner, mm-hmm. is figuring out how to parent with that partner. Ah. Right. And so, yeah. you know, obviously not everyone is parenting with a partner, but for those who are, it's not necessarily a, I'm trying to figure out the ins and outs of how I discipline, right? Because you're not, I'm not worried about that with a three month old baby, but it might be more around how are we communicating with one another? Right. How are we dividing the labor? I'm also a certified fair play facilitator for anyone that's familiar with the the fair play approach that was developed by a woman named Eve Rodsky. And that's all about creating equity in our homes and specifically gender equity Mm -hmm. in, um, you know, stereotypical heterosexual relationships. And so um, I sometimes am working with parents, not so much on those specific parenting skills, but how do they communicate? How do they divide the labor? How do they get on the same page? Um, You know, how do they set up their home in a way that, 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 that infant who won't be an infant forever. Right can grow up healthy, happy, and whole. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Like I, I actually love it when parents get in there early. Well, and it's funny cause I'm thinking about like, you know, my mom and her friends who are listening, who are thinking like division of labor, like we just did everything and that's the way it was. And that was fine. I was in control of the house. And so that's how it was. And many uh, were okay with that because that's what they they knew, right? And then there's those of us uh, now that are the next generation who some of us took on those traditional roles and we're like, well, that stunk. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know better. And so we're like, well, why didn't we do better? And now hopefully you've got this next generation of parents that are like, you know what? We're going to do it on our own terms. And so that's cool. Like, yeah. I mean, kudos. I was just curious because I'm like, it always makes me curious when a couple's like, well, we're doing some marital counseling and it's like, well, you're not married, but I mean like awesome. Um, it makes sense because, you know, it's almost like the pre the pre vows and the pre like, so are you going to let the bit, the kid cry or are you like going to do this? And what does that say about then, you know, what kind of a parent are you that you would let our child cry or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, it's important to know those things. All right. Well, um, I'm going to take a break here, finally, and then when we come back, I want to talk about this parent summit that you are uh, hosting. So keep Excellent. keep listening to Stacy Connects, and uh, maybe you'll connect with 
your inner parent? Question mark. We'll be right back. <laughs> Do you feel challenged by the thought of getting ready every day? Want to make a great first impression, but don't feel your wardrobe represents who you really are? Does the thought of trying to find great clothing that fits your body and lifestyle have you overwhelmed? Michael Bruce Image Consulting is a premier image consulting company that can help you get your style back on track. Contact them at michaelbruceimageconsulting.com or call them at 425-214-4155 and start that conversation today. Stacy Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, welcome back to the show. So my guest today is Christy Keating, and she is with the Hurtful Parent Collective. Uh, so during the break, we were talking about uh, some of the other things that we grew up with, uh, and it both tied to what I was talking about with things like, you know, the melting pot or, um, you know, those ideas, and also the the generational differences where mom did everything. I mean, so much so that... When my parents would be coming for a visit, I would say to friends like, oh, yeah, my mom's coming for a visit. And they were like, well, what about your your dad? Like, is your dad deceased? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 he's coming too. Like everything revolved around my mother. And dads got off the hook. Like anything that like any complaints, any it's like mom was good cop, bad cop. Mom was everything. Um, Is that something that you know, you find to be true, you deal with? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely deal with it. And the interesting thing about that statement, you said, you know, dad's got off the hook. I think dad's missed out, right? I think it, I think dad's missed out for so many years because the assumption was mom takes care of the kids, mom takes care of the house, dad goes to work and earns the money, right? Very, traditional, stereotypical, heterosexual relationship. And what happened is dads were missing out because look, dads are important. Mm -hmm. You know, they make awesome parents when they step into that role. And the other thing that of course has shifted dramatically in our culture in the last 50, 60 years, of course, is now in most two parent families, both parents work. Mm -hmm. And yet we still see this moms do everything and dads go to work. Right. And, um, and what I, what we're starting to see shift and, and the narrative that I'm trying to help shift is the idea that, that that's a good idea for anybody. Um, I think it has safety implications for our families. I think, which we can talk about when it comes to the summit that we're going to talk about, but I think it also, you know, when, 
when dads don't fully step into their place at home, not only do they miss out, but it means moms can't fully step into their place in the workplace. Well, everybody's missing out. And not even just in the workplace, but like into themselves, right? Yeah. So, you know, like it may not even be from a work standpoint. Uh, It may just be into a, you know, what's your purpose? What are you wanting to do? Uh, in other roles that you want to explore. And what's interesting is when I look back and I think about my, you know, my own family and how my husband and I, Pete, chose to raise the kids, it was definitely, you know, I was married young. A lot of my peers were not even married yet, let alone having kids. And so, therefore, the role models that I looked to were really my parents' generation, right, and that more traditional uh, environment. And and what's funny is I have like this resentment of, you know, all the things that I had to do. And yet I also realized that I occupied such a big space that I don't think Pete knew where to step in and like where he felt like he belonged, if anywhere. Yeah. yeah I mean, we, you know, as a woman, I think I can say we are often as much to blame in this dynamic as our partners are. But what we have to stop and and recognize is that everybody has the same number of hours in a day. Mm -hmm. I have 24 hours. You have 24 hours. My husband has 24 hours. Your husband has 24 hours. And we have to stop valuing time by money, right? Because it's often like, well, I'm at work. So what I'm doing is more important. And I like to shift that narrative and say, look, an hour spent holding a child's hand in a pediatrician's office is just as valuable as an hour spent in the boardroom, mm-hmm. whichever parent is doing that. Um, and until we're all stepping sort of into those roles and sharing that workload in, in a way that there's equity, not equality, it's not, you know, yep. to think we're going to have a 50, 50 division of labor is just not realistic, but uh but is there equity and is everybody stepping up and taking responsibility for the family that we're building together that allows all of us to step into all of those spaces, personal, professional, yep. and our partnering and, you know, spaces and parenting spaces um, fully. And that, and I think we all deserve that. So um, yeah, it's a fun thing to talk about with couples and, you know, how is the division of labor that they've worked out impacting their ability to parent in the way that they want to parent and in the messages um, that they want to send their children about the relative value and place of everyone in the world, which, as I said, I think plays into that safety piece, which we can talk a bit about. Sure. Well, and uh, and before we get to that, and I will say, you know, as almost empty nesters, uh, we seem to have a revolving door uh, Grace, as I said, is home at the moment. She's studying uh, for the four parts of the CPA. And while she starts her job in New York in uh, late August, you know, she come home and like, why pay rent when she can just like study and uh, and she works and whatever. So she's at home. And then uh, our youngest, Charlie, he's at Seattle U. And so he's in and out a bit. We're still very much parenting and there is still stressors about, you know, the parent piece like 
the decisions that you make and, you know, it all crops back up. Like just because you're an empty nester, it doesn't mean that you cease being a parent. And so those dynamics still play out. And so I may be in touch with you uh, (laughs) because I'm like, there might be some unresolved issues here that, uh, you know, we need to figure out so that we can enjoy the time that we have without the kids around um, because it it is definitely it's a stressor. now, the safety thing, um, you know, I think about my girls having the conversation about do I have to, right, so that uh, they're plugged into each other and are you okay and are you good? Uh, a huge concern for parents is, you know, safety. And I, if I'm understanding correctly, that is a big part of this upcoming summit that you have going on. It is. And it's a big part of the work that I do in general. So what one thing that we didn't touch on earlier is that, you know, my work as a parent coach and a parent educator um, and a fair play facilitator and all of that is really act two of my professional life. Um, act one is I'm a licensed attorney in Washington, and I spent almost 20 years working as a prosecutor, felony prosecutor in Seattle. Um, and my specialty in the latter part of my career was prosecuting sexually violent predators. And so when I came into this space, you know, the parenting space, um, it was really important to me to not just think about parenting from that, what I call brain safety, right? The way that we're interacting with our children to Mm -hmm. grow healthy, safe brains, but also body safety. And You know, are we, you described giving your, your teens the tools to get out of a situation that they don't want to be in, you know, but are we also aware of risks um, when they're little and, you know, making sure that we're, we're caring for their, for their whole selves and not just, you know, their, their hearts, so to speak. So I do a lot of speaking, um, you know, in, in our local Seattle area and nationally about, um, about child sexual abuse prevention, sexual assault prevention. And so I, and I hear a lot of parents saying, these are really scary things. And I don't know what I don't know. I don't know how to talk to my Mm -hmm. kids about this, et cetera, et cetera. So I had the idea to put on a summit. um, And that is now happening the first full week of February. So it's February 6th through the 10th. It will be an online summit. It's called the Safe Parenting Summit. Mm -hmm. And there are 29 speakers. Wow. Um, it happening over the course of those five days who are speaking on all aspects of safety or really wide. I want to, I took a really wide lens to safety. So we have speakers talking about child sexual abuse prevention, sexual assault prevention. How do we talk about consent? How do we talk to our kids about their bodies and sex and all of those things that, you know, that aspect of safety how do we raise kids in a brain safe way? So with positive parenting, positive discipline, what does that really mean? And then how do we build a safer world for our kids? So I've got speakers talking about, you know, for those um, white parents, how do we raise anti-racist kids that can make it a safer world for everyone? Yep. You know, for parents who, um, are either themselves have an LGBTQ kid or, you know, know an LGBTQ kid and odds are they do. How do we make the world safer for them? Um, And then I've got, I mentioned this earlier, but I've got a speaker who um, 
her name's Laura Danger, and she really sort of ties the um, thread between that gender equity piece in our homes and how we model safe, healthy relationships for our kids. And so, you know, we're really talking about parenting from a wide lens. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I have to say, I am, it's a dream come true to put on an event like this. And I'm tickled by, and I sound like my mother when I say that, but, <laughs> but I'm, I really, hey, that's good so, parenting. I know, You're right? excited. <laughs> I'm excited by the speakers, the caliber of speakers that said yes to this. Um, you know, we're talking about pornography and online safety. I mean, there's, it's just a really rich, really rich, amazing interviews with these speakers. And the best part um, is that it is free for parents to attend. There is a way to get, uh, to upgrade their ticket and get more benefits, um, really incredible benefits. But for those parents that just want to tune in and listen to these experts in their respective fields dig in, it's free. That's amazing. People should attend because it's, I I mean, really it's, I've never seen a summit like this. I've seen lots of parenting summits um, and none of them ever dig into how do we raise kids in a, you know, with strategies that make them brain safe, body safe, and also let them take risks and explore. And how do we not like wrap them up in bubble wrap and prevent anything from ever happening, you know? Right. Um, which we talk about in this summit as well. Yeah. You got to let them play in the dirt a little bit, you know, yeah. like, because it's like, I feel like you edit then your your kids don't understand where their power begins and ends when you're constantly editing what they can do. Right. And so, yep. you know, they end up becoming like that mime in the box and the box is kind of moving in on them and they don't really have the space to like to grow and explore. Um, so that's so important. Now, if people are interested in uh, signing up for this, what do they need to do? Where do they need to go? Super easy. All they need to do is go to thesafeparentingsummit.com. Well, that's easy. Okay. Super easy. And right there on the home page, there's, you know, there's a little video they can watch from me. There's lots of information. All the speakers are listed. And there is a bright orange button that says register now. <laughs> now, if parents are not able to attend all of the uh, different speakers that they would like to, given that this is virtual, will there be recordings that they can go and they can access later? Yeah. So I mentioned that there's a a upgrade to their ticket that they can purchase. It's called the Very Important Parent Pass, the VIP Pass. And it gives them lifetime access to all 30 interviews plus a number of bonus interviews. They get MP3 downloads so they can listen podcast style to all of the um, interviews. And then we have, I mean, some of the bonuses that the speakers offered, the number of courses that they can enroll in for free or almost free is phenomenal. And if they go and register, They've got 20 minutes to um, get that upgrade ticket for only 79 bucks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Pretty amazing. That's like getting uh, back in the day, there was the old books where you could get all the coupons and everything. The entertainment book, I think it was called. This is like the entertainment book of safe parenting resources. It is. I love that analogy. I I mean, some of the bonuses alone are worth more than, you know, than the upgrade ticket. 
Uh, we did a we did the math and added it all together. It's over five thousand dollars worth of bonuses that they're getting. Wow! It's really, yeah, I'm um, really excited. Amazing. Now, if people want to connect with you. Uh, I want to make sure that they know that uh, where they go, which I believe is the heartfulparentcollective.com. It's actually just the heartfulparent.com. There you go. Yep. Don't even have to add collective in there. And there's a way to sign up for my mailing list. There's an awesome download there that's free called Parenting in a Snap, which is four simple steps towards more peaceful parenting. Awesome. Um, my email's there. Lots of ways to connect with me Perfect. Okay. Well, of course we're out of time because uh, whenever it's good, you get out of time. Thank you so much uh, to you. If people want to know more, you can also reach out to me and I'm happy to help you. Thank you, Christy. Thank you, Eric. Next week, my guest is Tom Hamilton, mom's buddy from her travels across country. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday.